0: Men and women, people of all ages, this is the Sneaky Emu. This is the Sneaky Emu episode number 101, an episode that we're going to call How About Them Apples. Uh, I am so very glad you're here, whatever you're doing today. The Sneaky Emu is a place where we went to discover the wonders of the world, the beauty of God, things that are ever before us that sometimes we fail to see or occasionally overlook. How's it going? How's it going in your life right now? Are you, are you good? Are you sane? Are you uh, happy? Are you sad? It's okay. Wherever you're at, it's okay. Um. So we released the, or, or you guys know, we're calling this a soft release, a soft release on uh, the book that I did, uh, Life is Beautiful. Unless you grew up with a traditional view of God in the world, then you might not think it is, but maybe this book will help. Uh, I had, I had a few little hiccups in releasing it, like I had to adjust some audio and stuff, but we got it done. And so if you're asking or wondering, Hey, there seems like you like waited like a couple of weeks to do the hundredth episode. Yeah. That's because I was like making sure that that was all ready to go. And, uh, yeah, it should be out there now. Uh, <laughs> I was just looking at a few things on Amazon and I was, I couldn't, yeah, I, I couldn't remember how much I had listed the book for for sale, and so I was looking at it, and uh, it's really funny because obviously, like, uh, like the book's not really out there yet. Like n- nobody really knows, and even when all the people that I know know, it's not going to be a whole lot of people, anyways. But I, the listing for Amazon it gives a product detail, and it gives you like a ranking, which is, which is really funny. So. Uh it's it says best best sellers best sellers rank. So currently I am number uh I rank two thousand three hundred and one that wait two two hundred and thirty-one thousand four hundred. Is my ranking <laughs> in Audible all in general in Christian spiritual growth book category? I rank four thousand six hundred seventy ninth, and in spiritual growth books, uh, Christian spiritual growth books, uh, I rank twenty four thousand six hundred fifty second. So, <laughs> oh gosh, how how can you not laugh? Like it just there's layers of humor and comedy built into this. One, that I did a thing that's out there now. Two, that uh, what may seem like a like a big deal, an accomplishment to me, um, just doesn't mean that it's much of anything else anywhere. Which also then actually, should we do a whole lesson on value, what we value, how we find our identity? If I'm depending upon um, this book doing well to determine whether or not uh, I think I'm doing the things that I should do, then, or or to determine uh, how my day will go, or determine to determine um, my quality of life. Man, I'm going to be in a tough spot on this one. <laughs> oh gosh, that just makes me so it makes me smile so much. Uh, yeah, my book's doing great. I'm ranked twenty four thousand six hundred fifty second. <laughs> spiritual growth books. Oh geez. Okay. I'm getting carried away. So, anyways, the book is out there. Um, I haven't told anybody about it except for you guys. So hopefully, hey, tell a friend. Tell, <laughs> tell a friend, maybe I can make it to the twenty-four thousand six hundred and fiftieth place. <laughs> oh gosh. So, anyways episode, what are we doing? Episode number 101. Um, We're going to call this one, How About Them Apples. And this one, this one maybe a little, dicey isn't the right word. So that's a bit, that's a bit strong, but just a little um, mildly edgy. I don't know if edgy is the right word either. That seems a bit strong. Just I just feel like I need to be a little bit careful here with some of this, but I think this is an, an important, an important discussion. Um, that I think sometimes, uh, I think is just is something we need to hear. So, and, and really what it, what is coming down to like the, the thing underneath all of this that we're going to talk about <coughs> to me is really just like loyalty, right? Loyalty. Uh, Loyalty, uh, I think in the world that we live in, it often, it often is like super hyped up, right? Like, um, we, 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 in our culture, uh, except maybe when it comes to like, uh, marriage sometimes, at least according to like TV and shows, um, loyalty it is is glorified in a way that i think is like maybe sometimes a bit unhealthy <laughs> yeah and and i know like we we i think in general have a desire for loyalty we want people to be loyal to us and we want to be in theory loyal to others um but sometimes i think that we allow for the idea of this glorified sense of loyalty to actually stand in the way of our own personal growth. We allow that that sense of loyalty to others to maybe even become almost a a barrier or a boundary. the The idea that this thing has become so powerful, uh, this idea of loyalty. But I think it's also become a bit limiting, right? Think about think about most like any not any, not all, obviously, I don't want to speak in like absolutes here, but so much of, of movies and shows and things that we watch or books that we listen to or stories that we read, um, there's a, there's a component of loyalty to it. And I think we like that. I think obviously we like that. We like to know that people have our backs. Uh, you know, when you look at, um, even just like watching, watching football over the past couple of weekends for college football. And you see the teams that, you know, are are sticking together. You see this, the teams that are spent, these teams spend all this time together as a collective unit. They have each other's back. They're going to build each other up. They're going to pick each other up when they're down. All the things, we love that sort of thing, right? The group dynamic, uh, people coming together, being loyal to each other, being loyal to the thing that they're doing, and then accomplishing a great thing. Man, that's exciting, right? You got to love it. Who doesn't love it? Um, when you look at uh, like like movies and stuff, I think about um, that, like Fast and the Furious, Dominic Toretto, it's all about the family, right? And so for 37 movies, <laughs> how many Fast and Furious movies there are, it's th- this deep thing. Yes, there's these in- heists and there's robberies and there's fighting and there's fast cars and all this stuff, but it always comes back to you know, the loyalty of the family and you don't want to break the trust of the family. Like that's a, that's a big deal. And, and then you watch those and you get caught up in it and you're like, yeah, I want to, I want to st- <laughs> street car racing, street gang that does heist together. And we know we always have each other's back, right? Like that's where we're, we, we want to be a part of the, of the group, of the crew. That's why I think um, so many people, we, we love like, like mafia type movies. Right where you know, like once you're in, you're in, but then you see a, a you watch one where somebody's somebody's not as loyal as they should be, and it causes it causes some issues, and probably they end up with like losing a finger or dead or something because they because they broke the loyalty. But there's something about what was the there was one oh I think we were watching uh like a while years ago a couple of years ago we were watching that show Narcos the one about I think it was Pablo Escobar. And how he built this like this drug empire, and what I noticed was that, like you get involved and wrapped up into the show, and then you start like rooting for the drug dealer. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You're like, oh yeah, come on. I mean, yeah, he does some bad things, but like he also does some good things. And but like, and if you're if you're in, you're in, and he's gonna take care of you, and and so you're gonna be loyal to loyal to Pablo because Pablo is gonna be loyal to you, and the, the whole like crime syndicate is based on like fear and loyalty that I don't know which one comes first. It's probably like equal, equal fear and loyalty. Um, or in one of my, my all time favorite movies, uh, it, well, at least it's, it's gotta be in the top 10, right? Is Goodwill hunting, uh, Matt Damon, uh, uh, Ben Affleck, right? If you're familiar, hopefully this isn't a spoiler. The movie's been out for like a long time. um, but you've got these this group of guys, group of friends that grow up in is it South Boston, I believe, and you know they're they're a bit rough and tumble, a bit rough around the edges. But you have one of them, Matt Damon's character. I don't even remember his name. Um, <clears throat> who who's like who's wicked smart? He, he's super smart, and he's gets involved with this college uh, as a janitor, so and but so that he can be near all the academic, all the stuff. But then what you see throughout the movie. Is you know there there's this like und how do you say it? undying loyalty like th- these these guys will are willing to do anything for each other if there's if somebody's got a beef with somebody they will throw down with anybody else regardless even if they don't agree with the situation they will go and fight and scrap and get beat up or beat up somebody else because they're loyal to their friends and that's like all they have. Right, the, the, there's that great scene where they go to like a, a Harvard bar and they, they have a few drinks and one of the guys is causing some problems with one of his buddies, trying to make him look dumb in front of a girl. And then Matt Damon gets uh, the phone number of uh, Minnie Driver, is that her name? It, yeah, I think it's Minnie Driver. And and then um, they're, they're leaving the bar that night after a potential, they didn't fight because the Harvard guys wouldn't want to fight. And so they're they're leaving the bar and they see... Uh, the same group of people in a diner, and so he walks up to the when Matt Damon walks up to the glass window where they're sitting, and he starts going, he starts taunting him. Obviously, he's like, "Do you like apples?" And the guy's like, "What?" He's like, "Do you like apples?" He was, no, I guess. <laughs> he's like, "Well, I got a number. How do you like them apples?" And then they all laugh and take off, and you know all this stuff. Uh, so there's this great line towards the end of that movie. Matt Damon ends up getting these potential, uh, like potentially getting these jobs uh, that he doesn't want to take because he doesn't want to leave South Boston. He doesn't want to leave his buddies. Uh, and there's this scene where these guys are working and they're breaking bricks. They're basically just doing demo of some old concrete buildings and they're having this conversation. And Ben Affleck says to Matt Damon, like, I mean, you've, you've got like a golden ticket here. You, you've won the lottery. How come you're not getting out of here? And then the whole discussion is about uh, Matt Damon saying like, what, why, why do I need to do that? I don't need to work for these big corporations. Like my father was a bricklayer. That's, that's honest work. I'm, I'm here with you guys. We're doing this. This is honest work. What's wrong with that? Like I can show my kids like the work that I've done around here. There's, there's honor in that. And then Ben Affleck says like, he's like, basically forget you, man. Like this, don't, don't do it. For you. You don't want to do it? Don't do it for you. Do it for us. And he says the best part of his day is in like the five to 10 minute drive from his house to Matt Damon's house to pick him up for work and having the mystery or the hope that one day he'll get there and his buddy will just be gone. That his buddy will just be gone, that he will have taken this opportunity, that he will make something more of himself, and that 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 they will essentially part ways and and it's this kind of like it's a it's a really really heavy moment but what he he essentially is saying to him like yes we're loyal yes we're friendship yes there's this we have these deep roots together but also like something about how we're operating is holding you back right and so i think when I, when I see stuff like that, when I see stuff like the, the Fast and Furious, when I see all these things, when I see how we we generally think of loyalty in our in our culture, uh, it's like we get so caught up in the loyalty um, that it can be limiting. It can be it can be a barrier to our own growth. Right? When I think about um, when you think about life, when you think about people you know, maybe your life. Uh, when I see uh, people in in various jobs that they uh, maybe don't love that they don't that that is like draining and I and I get like we all got things to deal with at our own jobs and I've, I've heard it said you know if if you like you know like 80 percent of your job like that's pretty great you're you're doing pretty good because there's always going to be things that we don't necessarily want to do that we love about our jobs but if you get like you know 70, 80% of thing uh, of a job that, that you really enjoy, then that's, that's pretty sweet. You're doing pretty good. But what I often see is so many people who are essentially stuck in one way, shape or form in a job that is like draining their soul. Uh, and sometimes the reason they don't leave is because they're of, because of loyalty, well, I can't leave because this place is dependent upon me, right? So they will sacrifice themselves for the sake of being loyal to a particular boss, a particular company or something. Um, And they'll, they'll, they'll be the ones that uh, allow themselves to be sacrificed for this like higher, deeper sense of loyalty. And I'm like, why, why? Here's the thing about most jobs and corporations and places They'll be okay. <laughs> they, they'll be okay. I remember when I was I was making a decision. Uh, I was praying and thinking about with with Jess and about leaving a, a church I was at uh, several many many over a decade ago, and I remember wrestling just so heavy with it. Like small church in South Carolina, and you know, had built these relationships, and I was talking with my with my dad about it. I'm sure I've shared this story. Like I I just don't know what to do. I don't know if I can leave. I don't know if there's so much that people are depending on me and whatever. And my dad goes very lovingly says, "Um, like, do you think the church is going to collapse if you leave? Well, no. Do you think um, you're the only person that can do that job? Well, no. Do you think without you everything's going to fall apart? Uh, no. (laughs) He goes, "I've I've got some bad news for you." You're not as important as you think you are. (laughs) Thanks, thanks, dad. Uh, Super helpful. Actually, but it was, it it was, it was mildly painful, you know, to my ego, to my inner self, but it's actually really helpful. And and so I ended up leaving. We took a different job, went a different direction, went in a way that I thought was going to be like better for my life, for my family, for what I wanted to do. And guess what? The church is still there they hired somebody else they're moving forward and they're okay yes there was a bit of hurt you know early on there was some sadness but like if i would have stayed there i don't know that it would have been so good for me or what about you know even even the the, the idea of loyalty in corporations you know we we live in a world where there there isn't there isn't much corporate loyalty like if you've been, we've been um, like customers of, I don't know, AT&T or Verizon, whoever we got now, uh, we were the, with them for a long time. And then, uh, you know, you see this with the cable and tele internet stuff and you could be with somebody for, you know, 10, 15 years and you've been paying them your monthly, your monthly fee every month. And you've spent a lot of money at this point over the past decade that, that they've been providing your internet service. And then they come out with a new deal for new customers that's way better than what you got. And then you ask them to like cut you a break, and they're like, "Yeah, sorry." And then you're like, "Oh well, I'm gonna leave and go to whoever." And they're like, "Okay," <laughs> like they don't care. They just don't care. And so, <clears throat> if I continue to be loyal to the corporation that isn't loyal to me at the sake of at at, at, uh, for, at the expense what what what's the towards uh, at the expense of my bank account I'm gonna have less money than if I will take a step forward get a new contract with a new company and you know save myself a few bucks so, so there's sometimes <clears throat> loyalty <clears throat> excuse me loyalty is going to be limiting or a barrier and, and I know obviously internet isn't really like A sign of your growth I'm aware of that I don't know what just happened did I swallow a fly Um, what about relationships that's another big one right and that's where it gets even even more tricky Uh, when it comes to things like family when it comes to things like friends uh, just the the relationships that we have uh, if we have this if we have glorified loyalty in, in in such a way but yet the relationship is entirely unhealthy. And then we choose this sense of, of uh, we, we elevate the loyalty to the point that we allow for an unhealthy re- relationship to continue in a way that is actually damaging or limiting to ourselves. And so I just think, like, why, why, is, that, why is that the elevated principle? What, like I get we need relationships, I get we want to have people we can trust and count on i 'm not saying you take this sort of thing lightly, but I am saying if there's a particular place in your life where you are clinging to something that is actually damaging to the self or limiting or preventing uh, your your personal growth uh like maybe it's time to 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 move forward i mean like this really <clears throat> This is really so much, this is the story of the Bible. It seems weird, but this is the story of the Bible. I mean, you have instances of obviously like you you have Jesus and his disciples where they're trying to be loyal to each other. But what you see in that in that story is <laughs> when the disciples were loyal until Jesus actually needed them, you know, like <clears throat> when he's hanging on the cross and then none of his good buddies were there to be, were were, were found, like it was just... The women that were there, they they all abandoned him in his time of need. So, uh, like maybe, um, yeah, that that doesn't really fit <laughs> us abandoning Jesus. Doesn't fit into the conversation about an unhealthy relationship. But what you see throughout throughout scriptures is there's always a there's always a, a forward movement. There's a there's a a trajectory, if you will. To, to leave something behind and to step into the future, to step into something uh, new, to step into something more healthy, to step into something good. Uh, even in Philippians 3, Paul says, Brothers and sisters, I, don't, I do not consider myself to in, myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do for getting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now granted, he's talking about like kingdom type stuff, But he's also talking about the life that he's living and the place that he's trying to get. He's like, I'm not where I want to be yet, but I'm going to keep moving forward. But in order to keep moving forward, I have to let go of some things from my past. I have to to move beyond what is behind me so that I can continue to move forward. Um, There's a passage in Isaiah, uh, chapter 43, verse 18 and 19. Uh, he says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? So this is actually, he's talking about God's mercy um, in light of Israel's unfaithfulness. Um, it, it, they're talking about, um, th- like, they've gone through the Babylonian exile uh, and then he says, leading up to verse 18, 19, this is what the Lord says, he who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and the reinforcements together. And then, and they lay there never to rise again. Um, so as they're in this Babylonian exile, he's referring to the, the Exodus, right? Referring to the rescue from Egypt. And so then he reminds them like, Stop! Stop looking backwards. I'm doing something new. It's it's happening now. So there's this idea again of letting go of the past and moving forward. Uh, in Luke chapter nine, <clears throat> Jesus is talking. He's talking about the cost of following Jesus. Um, he talks about uh, foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Uh, follow me. Uh, but the man replied, "Lord, first let me go bury my father." Jesus said, "Let the dead bury their own dead, and go. You go and proclaim the kingdom." Still, another said, "I will follow you, Lord, but let me first go back and say goodbye to my family." Jesus said, "No one puts a hand to a plow and looks back is fit. No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom." So he's it's it's this invitation to loyalty to to the kingdom to the to the things of God to, to the calling of Christ but also it's this idea that we we are moving forward that in order to move forward we're going to have to let go of some things in the past we can't keep looking over our shoulder to what is behind us and think that we're going to like have any sort of personal depth or growth within our being um even uh, let's see there's another good one in Genesis chapter 12 and this to me is like this is like the much larger story that uh, is, sits at the heart of the Bible, but also sits at the heart of like our own humanities. This is the call of Abram, uh, <clears throat> uh, chapter 12, verse 1, then the Lord said to A- uh, had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And then I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I'll make your name great and you will be a blessing. So, this whole thing, God calls this guy named Abram and he gives him these instructions go from your country, from your people, from your father's household. <clears throat> Think about what's wrapped up in those three statements. That is the entirety of his being. God invites him to step away from everything that makes himself him that makes abram abram in order to uh form and shape him into something greater than himself right that that would be the equivalent of god saying to you or to me like okay i need you to leave america i need you to leave america which is a primary identifier for how you view the world it's a part of your worldview I need you to leave your people that is your extended friend group, the people that you find a sense of comfort and loyalty with or in that are the people you've surrounded yourself that help to identify and give shape or um, some some meaning to your identity. And I need you to leave your father's household, the family. I need you to, to leave the family that you were raised in. The family that taught you how to think, or maybe that taught you, uh, I want to think differently because I don't know why they think the way they do. Um, the, the the family that shaped uh, so much of your values. So your family, your friends, even your country, your your things, all these things that give you this identity about who you are. God calls Abraham. It says, I want you to leave all of that behind, so that I can use you in a way that's going to be uh, that's going to be a blessing to not only you and to me, but to the entirety like of the world. Yeah, because even in verse three, it says, "I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you, and all people on earth will be blessed through you." So imagine if Abraham said yeah but i i re- I can't leave, but what will my family think? but my uh father will be upset but my friends won't understand oh but i people will think I'm not patriotic like the the story would end right there, wouldn't it right the the whole thing even even when you get into like the New testament. The, the whole calling the ministry of Jesus was repent to repent is to turn to turn away from to, to turn uh, in a different direction than the, the direction you're currently heading which means that uh, I'm going to have to leave something behind the whole idea of, of something like baptism dying to the self so that you may live you you're leaving the past behind you're 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 saying no you're you're cutting you're cutting ties to the loyalty of how things currently are so that you may be a new creation so that you may move forward. Right? And And here's the thing, even in, um, there's a couple of great Psalms, Psalms 26, um, with this whole idea of like the elevation of loyalty and e- even when it's, um, a barrier to our own growth, Psalms 26, verse four and five, uh, it says, do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him. So, if you find yourself in an unhealthy relationship, a toxic relationship that you just keep going back to, uh, and and you think that you're going to be the one to solve their problems, Scripture says, "Don't answer a fool according to their folly, because in doing so, you become like them." So so much of the time I think when we we carry this deep sense of loyalty and we think well I can I can fix them I can fix him I can fix her I see this in in marriages all the time I can fix them um and then we end up just kind of playing their game and it actually becomes a bit detrimental to you if you continue in this path you become just like them. So in an instance like this, in a situation like this, when, when you continue to be loyal to the full to the to the person who is continually showing unhealthy behavior, toxic traits, any sort of narcissistic patterns, and you answer them or you respond or you engage and interact with them, on their way on their wavelength on their way of thinking and being you actually lose something of yourself you become like them and then in verse uh, 11 it says uh as a dog returns to its vomit so fools re- repeat their folly yeah and i and i think i see this i see this so much where because of this like elevated trumped up sense of loyalty we keep returning to unhealthy situations uh, and and continue in the same path continue in the same habits and the routines and the patterns continue to let people treat us the same way continue in the same um, forms of relationships well this is how our relationship has always been so this is how it will continue to operate, because I'm loyal to this person, and if I make any changes, they're going to be upset with me, and then by being upset with me, then that puts me in a different place, and then I don't know if I like that, and then I break the loyalty, and then I feel bad about breaking the loyalty uh, as a dog returns to its vomit. If you keep doing the same thing and you keep like trying to help and trying to move them forward, but they are, are not willing to change. Like that loyalty has to have a boundary. Because if not, we become the dog that is eating its own vomit, which I don't know about you, doesn't sound very appealing. <laughs> Stop eating your own throw up. That's what we should have named the episode. Don't eat your throw up, guys. Hey, guys, guys, seriously, don't eat your throw up. It's gross. It's gr- don't eat their throw up either for that matter. Yeah. So it's, I think that there's so much here. And again, it's not saying be like super willing just to cut ties with everybody all the time. It's not saying that you have to, um, if there's somebody that's, uh, maybe a bit unhealthy in your life, it's not saying that you should, you know, never, ever, ever see or talk to them again. It's not saying that you need to abandon people on the roadside, but I do think we have to be mindful of the idea that, that when we elevate loyalty to the point or to the, at the expense of self, we're actually not doing anybody any good. We're actually not doing anybody any good. It's not good for them. It's not good for you. And by, by, By it not being good for you, it actually might cause some issues with the people around you. So then it actually becomes double bad for you, even though the person that you're being loyal to may or may not care a whole lot. (sighs) This is the story of Egypt, isn't it? This idea of leaving things behind and learning that it's okay to break some loyalty. Right? Like if the, the, the uh if the people of Israel, the Hebrew people, uh would have stayed loyal to their role, loyal to their lot in life, loyal to the, the country that they found themselves in, that is this place of slavery that is Egypt, they'd have never stepped out of that bondage, they would have never gone into the desert to undo, and that's the thing too, is when you set, when you're set free from these types of things, when you're actually able to like rise above it and say, Oh, that is, this is not a good situation. When you can actually see the, the forms of slavery that are tied into a deep sense of loyalty and unhealthy situations, um, you, you start to see it and you go, Oh, this is, this is, this is like the trap. This is the place that they have. They're like claws, uh, you know, like, buried in my back or whatever and then it takes a minute to want to 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 get out of that place to get into the desert and even once you get into the desert um there's still a a, there's still this desire to go back there's still this un like understated loyalty that wants to go back because there's a sense of familiarity that you know this is what you see with um with so many uh people in in like deeply unhealthy relationships abusive relationships why don't they just leave and move on why don't they move forward well because it's familiar and that familiarity breeds a particular sense of loyalty to the situation even though it's unhealthy even though it's toxic even though it's hurtful to the self so you have to step out of that you have to be willing to break that 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 tie that bond you have to be willing to to put loyalty like Away, like I don't need to be loyal to the thing that's trapping me. No, let go of that. Move into the desert. Realize that it's going to be difficult and it's going to be a bit painful. But in going through that desert, it's actually going to lead you to the promised land because that's the way things work. You have to break, break the change, break the, break the slavery. You have to go through the, 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 the retraining and the untraining of the desert and then you have to then you get to step into the promised land where you get to cultivate all sorts of new things so maybe the question for you today is are there places are there people are there relationships are there things in your life that you have an unfounded or unwarranted sense of loyalty to that you know are toxic that you know are unhealthy that you know are actually holding you back and 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 then maybe can i say to you like you know what the best part of my day is? The best part of my day is the 5 to 10 minute drive to your house thinking and hoping that one day I'll get there and you just won't be there because you did the right thing and you stepped forward. You you, you stepped forward in a way that brought you a new sense of freedom that that brought you a a freshness of life that unburdened you from the shackles of uh, culture, and friends, and family, that the things, uh, and I'm not saying don't spend time with your family, by the way, here, but the things that that have caused um, a sense of unhealth, a sense of unbalance, a sense of stress, a sense of uh, unhappiness, a sense of just general unhealth, um, that you've let those things go. You've let those things go so that you can move forward because that's what like the whole thing is about, isn't it? Turning from that, which is to, to, move to, to, to leave something behind, to step forward into something much, much better, to the freedom that actually God wants for you, to the fullness of life that God wants for you, to, to uh, the joy that God wants for you. So all of that to say, how about them apples? yeah all right my friends this has been the sneaky emu episode number 101 uh i'm sending you all the love in your general direction and may you go in peace we're here to unlearn teachings of the church and state